You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. So I want to tell you about my Monday night and how my Monday night changed, okay? Monday night, Mel and I, Panther, were talking about what we were going to do if we were going to sit in the house and eat PB&J for dinner, which I was kind of looking forward to because I got a fresh bag of Cheetos and nothing goes better with a PB&J than a fresh bag of Cheetos. Or if we were going to go out and watch the Monday night football game, watch you know San Francisco undefeated. Watch Seattle. I think Russell Wilson is playing quarterback as well as Lamar Jackson and belongs in the MVP conversation. So we decided that we were going to go out. And so we had to scout because I have discovered I'm not really a Buffalo Wings guy, but I have discovered that I really like the Buffalo Wings at scout. So we decided to to brave the the cold tundra and I salted, salted the walkway and the back stairs and We put on our big old puffy coats and we went out to go watch the game. I'm sitting there as we're thinking about making our our order. And there's a group of people that walk in and they said to the service staff, hey, can you turn on the DePaul game? Because DePaul's playing Iowa. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that DePaul was playing Iowa tonight because I ordinarily... Don't think about November basketball as being like a big thing. Like usually it's games that are kind of fun. Like DePaul played University of Chicago and Mel now works over there. So that's kind of a fun thing. They'll play UIC later on. And so there's that's a big rivalry in our house. But one, I was surprised that a group of people came in and requested the DePaul game because it was up opposite of the Monday night game. Secondly, I was surprised that Scout honored the request and turned one of the TVs over to Fox Sports 1 for DePaul. So it's on in the the corner of my eye. I'm paying attention to all the stuff that's going on 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 Monday Night Football. And I'm like, okay, I'm excited for this game. Like, I'm super excited to watch these two teams get together and play. So I'm looking over, like, through the corner of my eye, and I'm like, huh, that score doesn't you know what? I don't see very well. I wear glasses. The score looks a little off to me. So I got up and I walked over to where the TV was and saw that DePaul was up big. That's when the night got really interesting. So I go back to my seat. And as I go back to my seat, Stephen Bardo, the broadcaster who works for FS1, does stuff for Big Ten, I think one of the best college analysts in America happens to walk into the bar. And I was like, I I said to Mel, I said, I I think that's Steven. So I went up and I talked with Steven and we're friends. So we, we caught up for a little bit. And then out of the blue, he said to me, I think DePaul's pretty good this year. And I think they've got a chance to make the tournament. And, you know, as a DePaul fan, you've heard this stuff before, but Steven is like a trusted voice. Like he, I, I respect his opinion. Like he watches games and he knows what's happening uh, around the college basketball landscape. And granted, 
this game against Iowa is them coming off of uh, NCAA sanctions where Dave Lado couldn't coach the, the first three games of the season. And I said to Steven, I said, well, you know, they put the game on. He goes, really? And I said, turn around. I said, DePaul's up 20 right now at the half. And he goes, wow. Like, I didn't expect them to go into Iowa City and and blast Iowa. So, well, we haven't won yet. So then I started tweeting. I sent out the tweet about the game because I was genuinely shocked and surprised at what I was seeing from DePaul. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get overly excited because, again, DePaul fans is 1979. I'm not going to get overly excited because you're just waiting for the bottom to fall out. Well... Here's the thing. The bottom didn't fall out. DePaul started that game winning 13 to nothing. And then they were able to continue to increase their lead in the game. At the half, they were they were winning 53 to 30. This wasn't a neutral site game, even though it's one of those like matchups, it's the, the Gavit tip off. So it's Big East versus Big Ten. And you try to match the teams up comparably so that there are no blowouts I and so I look because there were some Iowa fans that were like well you know Iowa stinks right and I look at some of the preseason um, predictions and they were in the middle of the pack in the in the Big Ten not great but not horrible so now I'm watching this game I'm, I'm kind of splitting my attention between eating my wings hanging out with my wife watching the football game, and now watching a basketball game that I can barely see. And I didn't want to be that guy in the bar that was asking to, to kind of change television. So I'm looking over, and I'm, I'm just paying attention to it. And what I saw was um, very encouraging. Paul Reed, and you know I occasionally do DePaul basketball. I had done it over the last few years with Zach. Paul Reed, when they they recruited him, and I got a chance to watch him play up close. I said, man, that guy, you put a few more pounds on him. Like, he's got all the skills to to be good. And I, I was funny because I ran into Paul a couple weeks ago. I was speaking at a class at DePaul, and he happened to be in the class. And I was talking about, like, my love for DePaul basketball. He's He's one of my favorite players to come along in a really long time. He finished the game with 25 points and 12 rebounds. And from the lanky kind of skinny kid that he was when he walked on the campus in Lincoln Park. He's a grown man now, and he played like it. 35 minutes for him, 25 and 12, hit three three-pointers. But then you start looking at the rest of this team, and, and Charlie Moore, who's a Chicago kid, I know people are always saying, hey, DePaul needs to have uh, more Chicago kids. Having him out there and watching him him play, his athleticism, pretty, pretty good. And he transferred transferred in from Kansas, so they they were able to get him, and now he's playing well. Jalen Coleman lands is a, another guy that adds a lot to what DePaul could do from the outside, and he had 17 points go along with five assists. It was a dismantling of Iowa at their place, and I don't ordinarily get excited about November basketball because it's weird. Teams aren't fully formed yet. You know, they, they're they trying, they're sparking for identity. 
Usually I pay a little bit closer attention to non-conference as we get closer to conference. Like what do you look like in the weeks leading up to your Christmas tournament? And what do you look like coming out of that? And I'm going to keep my eye on DePaul. But they ended up winning the game 93-78 to on the road. On the road at Iowa. And Carver-Hawkeye Arena is a tough place to play. DePaul shot the ball extremely well. They shot 61% from the floor. They shot 55% from outside the arc in this game. They didn't shoot free throws well, which is something that always bothers me about DePaul teams. But I'm not here to completely break down the game. That's not my point. My point is, is that when I posted the score and let people know that the game in Iowa, when I did that on Twitter, a weird thing started to happen. And it happens every now and again when DePaul comes up with like a big win. Like DePaul fans kind of climb out of our little hole and we're like, wait, what? The team played good? What are you talking about? Are we going to be okay? Are we a tournament team? Are we going to go to the NCAA tournament this year? I, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want to project. But I will say that it was really weird that on a night when I was unsure whether or not I was going to go out and watch a game, that I watch a game, I run into one of the best college analysts in America, in Stephen Bardo. He unsolicited, he was unsolicited in saying that he thinks that they're a tournament team. And then I look up and they're kicking the dog crap out of Iowa. At Iowa. So, when I was looking at the tweets of people after I uh, after I, I sent out the, the game winning tweet, there is a hunger for DePaul to be good. It's still out there and... I think that DePaul fans overall have been muted because we want it so badly, but things have been so bad for so long that we don't want to get our hopes up too high and we don't want to have our hopes dashed. And I completely understand that. And and I'm with you. I'm completely with you on that, as Matt Nagy would say. I'm with you. But there are some pieces to this team that if they stay healthy, like think about this. Devin Gage used to be this team's starting point guard, okay? Another kid from the city, if you're one of those people that feels it's necessary for them to have public league kids. He came off the bench to score 13 points yesterday. Gave them some great minutes. I think that they're, from what I saw in the game against Iowa, I think that they're interesting. And they have... What they have done for me in this game against Iowa is they have piqued my interest where, yes, I was going to go to the rivalry game against UIC because usually we have a bet in my house about that game. I'm kind of in a wait and see mode with DePaul for the most part. My my calculus is always, can you get me nine to ten wins in non-conference can you get me six wins in conference? And that usually puts you in position to be a postseason tournament team. After this, this uh, dog walking of Iowa, I am, I'm wondering if there's a possibility that this could be a team. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up, DePaul fan. Don't get your hopes up. 
But here's what they have on the schedule. Now that they, they beat Fairleigh Dickinson, now they beat Iowa. So Cornell, and then they're at Boston College, Central Michigan, Minnesota. And then things get a little rough because they play Texas Tech on December 4th. But there's the possibility of 10 wins before non-conference. And if you're a 10-win team in non-conference, you're in really good shape to be in a postseason tournament. Fingers crossed, DePaul fans. Fingers crossed. So far, 4-0, so good. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let you deal with the rest of this. But wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if DePaul was good? Like, they don't have to be great. They just have to be good. It would be so fun if there was meaningful basketball for them in February and March. The idea of actually traveling somewhere for an important game is now on my radar. Whether it's a drive to Milwaukee to go see them play Marquette or whether it's flying to Omaha to see them play Creighton on a February Saturday or going in New York City and hanging out in Queens and going to the McDowell's while I'm there in Queens and seeing them play St. John's, not dreading them facing Villanova. It would be really nice if DePaul is good. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'll talk to you tomorrow.